This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. You're listening to TGI Sports Talk with your host, Keith Angle, on Northeast Streaming Sports. Hey! Hey, everybody, Keith Engel for TGI Sports Talk, college football slash college basketball huddle right here on Northeast Streaming Sports. We're going to be live on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter tonight. We'll be on Roku channel tomorrow at noontime, and we're going to get right to it tonight. We're obviously in the basketball portion of our huddle. And uh, we're get, we've got a few minutes only tonight with the, the one and only Mark Mancini from Mancini Media. Welcome, Mark. It's been a while since we've seen you on Wednesday nights. Always a pleasure getting in here, man. I love tackling it with you great guys. This is a show that's sweeping the country, my friend. It is awesome to have you back. We, You and I have not had the opportunity to talk some college basketball yet. Good evening, Dave Gayette. Good to see you in the room tonight. Um, you know, I talked uh, the last couple of weeks when you weren't here, we've talked a lot about, um, and I know you've only got about 15 minutes to spend with us, so you tell me when you got to jump, but we'll jump right into the, uh, it, there's a lot of parity in, in college basketball right now. I mean, we, we, Auburn now is the sixth different number one this year. Let's see if I can remember who they are now, Kansas and Duke and uh, help me out, Gonzaga. Yeah. Who uh, Auburn just passed? Uh, who else has been there? Uh, uh, you, you, Arizona? No, Arizona. Purdue, I don't know. US Purdue was uh, there. Purdue was there for a bit. Yeah. Providence. Um, now Providence didn't get that high. Villanova. I can probably look at the rankings and I would know. Uh, Villanova didn't quite get there. Oh, Baylor, of course. Yeah. Um, and um, I'm missing one, but I'm going to say it's. Uh, it might have been UCLA, but anyway. Six different teams, number one. I think there's been 20 or 21 different teams in the top 10. What do you make of this upside-down season? And Auburn, by the way, number one for the first time in program history under Bruce Pearl. And they got probably the best player in the country in Jabari Smith. What are your well, thoughts overall? We, we, we both know that the college basketball doesn't matter if you're number one. That tournament comes around. It's called March Madness. And uh, good luck holding on to that. I think, you know, when you go back to the UNLV days, they were dominant number one. So the Dukes back then, tough to find a dominant number one now that's staying consistent throughout the whole thing. Wouldn't you say? I would say it is. It's a long season. You know, these teams play, by the time the tournament's over, the team that wins is going to play close to 40 games for crying out loud. I mean, it's a long, long season. They've already got some of these teams 20 games under their belt. I think, you know, it's so wide open. I, I can see got, there's got to be 10 or 12 teams that you could say could win it all, at least at least right now, depending on, you know, injuries and whatnot heading into March. But who would you well, say? I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. I think UCLA is, is hell-bent on getting back there. Yeah. I mean, they got a good little nucleus. You know, uh, so that's going to be an interesting thing. But I used to win over Arizona last night. You can be a UCLA like they were last year and knock off somebody that you unexpectedly looked at. Um, You know, the big surprise here in the West is Oregon's kind of been struggling of late. Overall, 12 and 7. They're a team that's, you know, looking up at the two Southern California schools, 
in Arizona. Yeah. Let me say real high, uh, a quick, uh, high, uh, quick high to John Gonzalez, uh, one of our favorite uh, uh, group hosts from the Sports Authorities, one of the great groups out there. Thanks, John, for popping in tonight. Love having you in. Carlos is here. Hello, Carlos. Yep. And welcome to you. Carlos, uh, I'm sorry, John likes UCLA as well. And yep. Carlos thinks the parody is good for smaller schools. You know what? We'll talk about this real quick. One of the reasons for the parody in my mind, well, not so much a parody because the big schools are still there in the top 20, 25. But to Carlos's point, the parody is good for smaller schools. And they're in college basketball, you got a little bit leveler playing field with these mid-majors because the kids say four years when they go to some of these mid-majors and you get to tournament time and you get a really good guard and a good coach and you got a chance, a la uh, Loyola Chicago here a couple of years ago, um, you can ride it all the way to the Final Four, and it's it's a much leveler playing field than college football, let's say. Oh yeah, I totally agree with that. You know, and that's that's what's what's the best when you look at all the sports. That's why college basketball is the best. The expansion of more teams coming into this tournament, uh, it creates a lot. I love the play-in game. I mean, it gives everybody an opportunity, and that's what people want. I mean, if you're on the bubble, you're going to get an opportunity to get in on that play-in game. You know, another team that's playing pretty well here in the Big East, uh, Rick brings it back. And good evening, Rick Sherlock. He talks about a local uh, product here, Andre Jackson, who's really good player at UConn. And he did post rides a defender last night in the in their game. He's he's an exciting kid to watch play. I, I don't know if you know much about him, Mark, but check him out because he's going to be playing at the next level most likely. And hello to Allen as well. Well, you're right. UConn's always been a, a threshold. they got a top team. But, you know, keep your eyes on Providence, man. The Friars, man, the old Ernie De Gregorio days, the Marvin Bards, the Rick Patinos, they're coming back to the, the Rhode Island there. Yeah, you know that's a really good, uh, a really good program with a rich history. The Big East, as you said, is and the Big East got a rich history, obviously, and a lot of those schools are gone. Yeah. But right now they're playing much better. Um, St. John's had a big win over Seton Hall the other night. Uh, Villanova is always at the top, uh, you know, echelon of. Uh, of college basketball, except for, you know, here and there where they step back. But Seated Hall's Mar taking their bumps. Marquette is red hot in that league as well. I, I was on Shaka Smart here a few weeks ago because the Eagles, the Golden Eagles, sorry, it's, I still want to go to the Warriors. I have yeah. a hard time yeah. with the Golden Eagles. But, you know, they've got right now two, four, five teams in the top 25. So this is not a conference to be uh, taken lightly. Well, not only that, in Marquette, you got to go back to the Al McGuire days and, man, that that was that's another rich school and tradition too. And when you look at them now to get them back in the map, it's nice to see some of these schools starting to pick up. Look at last year, Alabama. Everybody thought that was a football school, and look what they did. Yeah, we're talking about the Big East and John Gonzalez. He goes way back to Ernie D and Marvin yeah. Bad News Barnes at Providence, playing for, I believe, first Joe Mulvaney and then uh, Dave Gavin, who actually was the. Uh, before Providence was in the Big East, he was really the guy who brought all these teams together and built the Big East into the power that they became. Great coach and a great, obviously, uh, league commissioner. Another one you got to watch out for, Villanova. You know, I, I, look at Providence is playing well, as we said. Villanova, UConn, uh, Creighton's always up there. Marquette's yeah. red hot. Xavier, you can't take you take can't take for granted. That's a good deep league, and they're they're going to get. 
you know, six bids out of that league. So the Big East is kind of rising back up. Alan, Alan wants to know who our, what our opinion is on what's the toughest conferences all right now to get out of. I'll tell you, the, the Pac-12 is going to be interesting. I'm not a Pac-12 guy, but yeah. if you look at those schools over there, I mean, uh, the, the three top schools, I think, have only lost two games each. Uh, UCLA, Arizona, and USC. That's that's a death march coming through there, and Oregon's trying to pick it up. So I'd have to say the Pac-12 is going to be a war coming out of I really think uh, – I, I agree with you there that I don't think they go as deep. The top is really good. They don't go as deep. UCLA, Arizona, USC, really good. Oregon's not too bad. But the big – to me, the Big Ten is, is really probably, I think, the deepest league. I mean, you got – last week, at least when we talked about this, uh, Iowa was in last place. They moved up to the middle of the pack. That's a really good basketball team. You got Indiana, who's not in the top 25 yet, but they're 14-5 and five with Mike Woodson – having returned to his alma mater. Um, I think this is a really deep league and you're going to get, you may get the most bids out of the big 10 as anybody else. Um, while yeah, that's going to be a good one too. But as far as going deep in this tournament, we've seen the Kansas, we've seen some of these other schools, the Baylor's and everything. And Baylor's really good, but I think it's, it's, it's almost time for the PAC 12 to, to bring it back. And, you know, we think of John Wooden all the years he won it. UCLA's a dangerous squad, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, the top to bottom, uh, you know, this is going to be the deepest tournament I think we've seen in a long time, wide open. And uh, but by, by the way, John Gonzalez brings up Maurice Lucas. He keeps going back and time. Yeah. Listen, I got to tell you, uh, John, when I was a kid, Marquette was my school. I loved Al McGuire, and when they went to the uh, to the final in seventy. For, I think the 74-75 season against NC State. They could have won that game, and Al McGuire went nuts and got about four technical fouls and probably cost that uh, that team the championship that year. But it was a great – and by the way, one of the best guys I had on, a lot of fun. I got to get him on this show some night, maybe tournament time, and he's going to be up here in the area soon because his son played to St. Peter's is Butch Lee. He played on the – Wow, yeah, Marquette. Had him on my show here last, uh, last year around the uh, NCAA tournament. And his son is a really good player at St. Peter's, and he'll be up here to play uh, uh, Siena uh, College in a few weeks, I believe. So actually, no, this weekend he'll be up here, I believe, on the 30th. So I got to reach out to him because we were going to get together and have a little brewski somewhere here in Albany. Yeah, I don't think uh, when the dust clears come March, Auburn will be sitting at number one. I think somebody's going to knock them off their perch. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Since we're talking about conferences, one of the surprises to me this year, while – you know, Duke is resurgent this year. They've been number one. They've, they've been in a bit of a downslide here recently, but they've certainly come back from where they were last year, as a lot of the Blue Bloods have. Carolina's better in year one of Hubie Davis's uh, um, tenure. They're probably a bubble team right now as far as the tournament goes. The ACC, though, overall, Mark, to me, is one of the biggest disappointments. The, this league is just not very good overall. Yeah, where, where's my Pitt Panthers in this? I mean – God, I mean, it just—it's—it's it's unfortunate how this team has fallen completely off the map. When you looked at Ben Howland, Jamie Dixon building programs yeah. up, and man, the Pitt program has kind of fallen apart in more ways than one. They, uh, you know, back in the heyday of the Big East, they had some pretty good teams uh, that never quite got over the hump, but they had some really Sean good. John Blair, um, Paul they got Evans. A kid now that's pretty good. He reminds me of Deshaun Blair. He can rebound. He could pass pretty good. 
just going to be more consistent. It's, uh, Jeff Capel's running at a program now, and I mean, he's coached at the highest levels. He, you know, he played at Duke. He was an assistant coach there. Um, I believe he coached at Oklahoma, if I'm not wrong. I think uh, you're right. Not wrong. Um, is he going to be able to turn this thing around here in the, in the ACs? This is a tough thing for Syracuse has not been really relevant. Maybe they made one tournament run since they went to the ACC. They're not getting to the tournament this year. They're terrible. These big, old Big East schools have been pathetic, basically, at, at the ACC. Well, I think that the big problem with the ACC, it's a death march, and you can see it with Pitt. I, 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 you know, when they were in the Big East, they seem to dominate them Big East tournaments, going neck and neck with Georgetown and the Villanovas yeah. and the Providence and everything. Once they moved out of the Big East to go in the ACC, I don't know what, they've kind of fallen off a little, if you ask me. How about this? Here we are, ready to start February, and one ACC team is ranked in the top 25. That's how far this league has fallen. Florida State and Miami, two ex yeah. Big East uh, uh, teams that I've, that I've kind of been knocking, are leading that league, and Miami's got a win over a big win over Duke under their belt. So I don't look at. I don't know that they're going to get more than maybe three bids out of this this league this year. That's it's. Yeah, it's going to be disheartening. And, and, you know, when you look at Pitt, when they get in the tournament the last few years, they lose to an Iowa or an Indiana or somebody like that. And big disappointment, you know. Um, I, I just think, you know, big mistake leaving the Big East. Yeah. That's that that that's the way I look at it because those games coming out of Madison Square Garden on those tournaments, were so, they, they were probably the best college basketball watching across the country. Yeah, Louisville, uh, really uh, uh, down story this year. And they fired their coach, Chris Mack, not just for performance, but for some other issues that have gone on as well. Um, so that that's another program that's in disarray. Actually, while we're talking about it, let me. I know we only got a couple minutes left. Uh, we'll talk real quick. Uh, we had a comment here about the, the, the Big 12, which, again, is a, like the Big 10, is very deep. Right. I think that's another uh, league that's going to get, you know, eight, nine bids and – you're going to probably get a final four team out of there somewhere. Uh, I would say two, two right now. I would say two of the final four will come from big 10 and the, uh, and the big 12. And then I did say there'll be a sleeper in there this year and watch out. Speaking of sleepers, Rick Pitino is building a little dynasty here at Iona, just outside of New York in New Rochelle. And I've read some articles that say he's building the Gonzaga of the East here if he keeps his nose clean. Well, let me tell you something. I had a, my uncle graduated from Iona, and Iona, you know, could, you know, they could be the little guy on the map here that nobody saw. But Jeff Rubin came out of there. And uh, let me tell you, he's building something there. Keep your eyes on Rick Patino. You saw what he did last year, he gave them guys a scare. I like Iona a lot. And there's, there's a T-shirt I have somewhere around here. The lights come out in New Rochelle. That's a great one. I love that one. That's awesome. Jad's talking about St. John's and how they're doing. They're playing better right now. I like Mikey Anderson. They fought off to a bad start, but they beat St. Uh, Seton Hall the other day uh, to get a really their signature win of the year. It's tough. New York City basketball is not as good as it used to be. And Iona, I've said a couple of times, maybe the best school in the New York area. So. Um, awesome. And, and, and to go with John's, uh, 
nostalgia night. He's uh, He's got Jeff Ruland uh, uh, sighting here at uh, Iona as well. What a great player and a good coach, too. At, yeah. at Iona too. Yeah. Well, Mark, I know it's getting late. If you got to go, we can let you jump. I know we had to get started late tonight, so that puts you off. But next week we'll be back on at 7 and uh, hope to have you on and we can get more in-depth into these conversations. Yeah, and I can't wait to see you on Sunday morning on the grind, baby. Well, it's great taking a quick trip around the NCAA with you tonight. And we'll see you Sunday morning. We got a lot of baseball to talk God about. We got a lot of stuff. Sweeping the country, Wednesdays and Saturdays and Sundays and every day you do it, my brother. Excellent. We'll catch you tomorrow in Philadelphia on where? Uh, WWDB AM 860. Fred Wallen, XM Serious Guy, will be on that one along with Joey Buckholz, Utopian Baseball Universe. I lost a bet, so. He's going to probably roast me. See, Rick Sherlock, you should have just said, uh, I'll go. You got to bring me on your show. If uh, Yeah, that's what we might have to do. We might have to bring Sherlock on there. You're never going to get the cheesesteak. <laughs> get, get Rick Sherlock on there. Yeah, have a good night, Mark. I love you, brother. You're the best. Say hi to Patty by 11 for me. I will. All right. Bye-bye. Oh, Mark Mancini. Real quick trip around the NCAA with Mark tonight, but I wanted to get that in. He hasn't been on in a few weeks, so. We're going to continue on here. Let me catch up. We got a couple of comments here I wanted to catch up on. We'll we'll talk more. Mark, yeah, John's. Uh, listen, what Marquette won in '77, John. I was the happiest kid. I was 17 years old. I've been following Marquette since I was about 12. Believe it or not, and you certainly didn't get to see him on TV, but you know maybe in a tournament. But I read about him in Sports Illustrated. And I just loved Al McGuire, and. Uh, uh, we talked about Butch Lee and that team, but Lloyd Walton, who I had on as a guest uh, uh, last year at one point, the great late Maurice Lucas, as you brought up, Jim Jones, great players at Marquette. And I'm only naming a handful. Mark, Al McGuire was so good. He had teams, some of his teams are so good. He refused to go to the NCAA one year because uh, he didn't like the, the seating he was going to get or the region they were putting him in, I guess it was. Um, he decided to go to the NIT. And just whip butt there. That's when the NIT was still a relevant tournament. So we'll talk some more about St. John's, too, in a little bit, uh, John. But uh, I, I like what they've been doing. I know, Rick, you've had this comment here for a bit, so I want to get here. Uh, Rick's got a Facebook friend who played at Power Memorial, uh, then St. John's. And one season, uh, we won a ring. Who, who, who is that, uh, by the way? He, he uh, has some great stories of playing in New York City playgrounds against the likes of Dr. J. That's got to be pretty cool. Uh, I'm trying to think who that might be. I don't have a name. I want to try to guess the name. Curious. I'd love to know the name. Put it up there. Good job. We love having Mark Mancini on. Mark's a crazy son of a gun. We got to get him to pay off that cheesesteak bet, though. Love having John. John, love having you in, too. We got to get you on the show some night. Thanks for uh, the the. Uh, Thanks for the compliment there, John. You were awesome as well. We got to bring you on the show tonight. We'll talk or some night. We'll talk about these uh, uh, all these big stories in sports. Listen, big stories in, in college basketball coming on too. I want to talk about. Let's just this Chris Mack story. Uh, um, I don't know what's going on there. There's a lot of uh, you know Louisville's had some struggles. I can't get my collar right here. I just came. Believe it or not, guys, I just I'm on late tonight because they had to reschedule my uh, massage, and it's a therapeutic massage before you get any uh, crazy ideas in your head. And I just having trouble getting myself situated here, so I apologize 
for being a little disheveled tonight. Um, look at Louisville's had some, we talked about it a little bit with the ACC and I'm going to go around the conferences here in a little bit and go through the rankings, but, um, Louisville, you know, since Rick Pitino got, uh, set, set down and they had to ab- abdicate a, a national championship has just not been able to get themselves out of these doldrums. I mean, Chris Mack, who is a has had a good career as a basketball coach, did very well at Xavier, you know, perennial uh, NCAA tournament participants. And he's just had a tough place uh, finding his way at at Louisville. And now he's been let go. um, And the school's got to pay him, I believe, $12 million. Um, Don't know what went wrong there. They've got a few things again. Um, that are kind of swirling around the, or, the 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 program as far as institutional control issues and and if you have those types of things happening and you don't win you're a goner when it comes to uh, you know schools like Louisville so um, the interim coach is going to be his assistant I think it's Mike uh, Mike uh, Pegas I think is his name uh, but this is going to be. This is going to be a, a, a good job uh, for a lot of, and a lot of guys are going to be interested in this job. And watch out for Kenny Payne. Kenny Payne, the assistant head coach at, for the Knicks, uh, was a longtime assistant at, at Kentucky under John Calipari. He may be a guy, and I've said this for a while uh, when we've talked about the professional ranks, uh, that he may be a guy to watch out for when when the right college job opens up. Kenny Payne is going to be a guy who's going to probably be uh, in the mix here for sure. Ed Cooley from Providence will probably get a call, um, and as long as as well as some of the other hot coaches, you know, Andy Einfeld at USC, who's done a really really good job there, is probably going to be in the mix. Whether he wants to come east or not is is a different story. Eric Musselman who's done tremendous work at Arkansas since coming from Nevada, where he did tremendous work, former NBA coach. His his dad coached here um, in the CBA uh, here in Albany, Uh, Bill Musselman, quite a character, man. Spent a couple times, ran into him a couple times in in bars in Albany, and there you'd never seen a more intense individual than Bill Musselman. And his son, Eric, has turned into a really good uh, basketball coach. Um, Nate Oates at Alabama's liable to come up uh, in this conversation for sure. I mentioned Kenny Payne. Um, and again, we're just we're just scratching the, the surface. One name again to watch out for, Bruce Pearl, who's done a tremendous job at Auburn, getting them their first number one seeding. And uh, probably got the player of the year, probably the number one pick in the draft in, in Jabari Smith. Um, he's just, he, he does it all on the court. He's, he's in the top three or four in all the, the important categories in the SEC, just an exciting player to watch takes over games. And, uh, he's a guy to watch out for Bruce Pearl. Um, he's happy at Auburn. He's done a good job. He's rehabilitated his reputation after some problems at Tennessee. Uh, but he's one heck of a, of a basketball coach. You know, he's gotten the likes of Cleveland state. Uh, to the NCAA uh, uh, Sweet 16, uh, and that's how he made his uh, way to Tennessee and and later on uh, Auburn. And he's just rebuilt this Auburn team that has never 
really been a serious contender for anything into the number one team in the country at the moment. Uh, they've had some good runs when they had uh, um, Charles Bar- Barkley and and the mini Charles Barkley, Chuck Pearson, uh, but not much uh, recently or, uh, you know, even when those guys were there, historically, they did, they did not, we're not contenders to win anything. Let's check out a couple comments before we move on to our next topic. Let me change my banner because we're going to be moving on to the, uh, I think, probably the uh, top 25 here as we, uh, as we move forward. But you guys can certainly feel free to uh, put up your comments. I'm going to catch up with a few of them right now before we move on. Oh, gosh. What do we got going on? Man, I had a run. I got to tell you, I must have slept for uh 70 of the 90 minutes I was on the massage table today. So anyway, where are we got here? Hopefully Rick's got his name up here somewhere. John's talking about Marquette when I talked about uh, 1977. Beat UNC Charlotte. What an exciting game that was. I know you remember, John. <clears throat> Jerome Whitehead wins that game with a tip in it, really at the buzzer. Uh, they were in danger of losing that game. And just a great, great Final Four that year. North Carolina beat UNLV in that Final Four. So I remember. Love my college basketball. Uh, Alan, so that's right. You asked me this question the other night when we were chatting in uh, Messenger, right? So when when, Nor- when Oklahoma and Texas uh, move, which is going to be – I don't know that's going to happen before 2025. How is it going to affect basketball? <laughs> Look at, again – you look at how it affects the SEC, they just get stronger because Oklahoma and Texas are two really good basketball teams. Um, Oklahoma is starting to have a rebirth under Porter Mosier. They've struggled a little bit in conference <clears throat> since they got there, two and five, but they were they started off the season uh, like 12 and one in non-conference. So they struggled a bit in conference, but Porter Mosier is going to bring that school back. I think did a great job at Loyola Chicago, as we talked about um, Texas um, has done uh, well. It, it, maybe they didn't hit their potential under the shock of smart who we're going to talk about in a little bit, but beard has done a good job since coming over from Texas tech um, and his predecessor isn't, there is a, his successor hasn't done too bad at Texas tech either, by the way. Um, but the SEC is just just going to become similar to football, a really good deep conference, uh, and and they already were beforehand. Uh, this is only going to make them stronger. And the Big Twelve, it's certainly not going to make that league stronger. Although Cincinnati's got a good program when they get there, Houston obviously has had a good team uh, for the last several years, and and uh, another uh, rehab project of a coach and. Calvin Sampson has done a great job at Houston, uh, but whether and how they're going to fare once they get in, back into power conferences is going to be interesting to see for sure. Uh, but it certainly warrants watching. And whether they get there before 2025 is still up in the air. It's going to depend on the TV contracts and whether um, some of them can be renegotiated. Um, and it's going to de- be dependent on the football schools. We know that, too. That's that's the flip side of the basketball. You go back to the ACC uh, that I talked about and the, and the Big East, the, the demise of the Big East as we knew it, when teams like Syracuse and Pittsburgh and BC 
uh, all left and went to the ACC and also some schools that hadn't been there forever in Miami, Florida State, Virginia Tech. Um, but those schools didn't want to go there to play basketball. They went there because of the football. And the basketball schools were just along for the ride, and it was has not has not been a good situation for uh, those big those old Big E schools on the basketball floor for sure. It's it's a shame what's going on Syracuse especially, uh, and I think you're going to see some pressure on Jim Beheim now to to uh, potentially maybe get out of the game. I mean he's he's in his late seventies now. The team has not played well. Um, this year again, they're nine and eleven overall, three and eight, three and six, excuse me, in the conference, and they just can't. The zone doesn't work anymore. He doesn't get the recruits that he used to get, and he's not even being competitive the last couple of years. Powermore, a Luau Cinder for sure. I'm sure that's not. Well, maybe that's. Uh, <laughs> Now, actually, that's not Rick's uh, Facebook friend because we know he didn't go to St. John's. Although, St. John's, if I remember right, John, uh, was in the mix along with UCLA for uh, Louis Alcindor. If Louis Alcindor has decided to stay home, I believe he was going to go to St. John's. You can correct me if I'm wrong there. Edwin Circe, I know that name. I know the name. Let's see, Rick, did he play in the Did he play in the 90s? Or later. Mm. You remember I had uh, um, oh gosh. Just my the thought just went on my head what I was gonna talk about. Let me know when he played. I'll look him up. We'll check him out. Uh John Calipari, you know what? John Calipari, by the way, congratulations. He just got his eight hundredth win. Pretty good company he's uh, in in the 800 win club, right? Let me take a quick look here uh, since we're talking about that. Uh, uh, take a quick look. I want to see who he is. Uh, there's only a few guys ahead of him with 800 wins. Um, I don't know if I can find this quickly or not. Let's see who we can find. All right, here we go. Coaches with more wins than John Calipari. Oh, God, I hate that when it comes on. I, I pull something up and a video starts playing immediately. Isn't that a pain in the ass? Jesus. Excuse my French. This is an older list, isn't it? Guys are killing me. Okay, 800 wins or more. This might be an old list. Rick Bird, who God knows where he coached. I think he coached in... Uh, Below Division One, Eddie Sutton, Raleigh Massimino, Jim Phelan, Adolph Rupp, Dean Smith, Bob Huggins, Bob Knight, Roy Williams, Jim Calhoun, Jim Beheim, and Mike Shashevsky. Those are the only people ahead of John Calipari. John Calipari gets a bad rap. Um, I mean, partly maybe part of it was is warranted. I mean, he he, he turned a UMass program around, got him to a Final Four. But there was some issues. Um, there were some serious issues uh, that went on there, and they had to vacate their Final Four um, flags and you know all all the memorabilia, whatever. They, it's like they never went there. Uh, then he left and went to the NBA. Came back, went to Memphis, got to a final against Kansas, which he lost. They should have won that game. Um, 
and he got out at, some people think, ahead of the posse there, went to Kentucky, and he's been winning until last year. It was an atrocious year. Um, he's pretty much been drafting ones and duns and winning and having to start every single year over and has done very well with that model at Kentucky, and he's back in the top 25 now. He's got Kentucky up to, uh, where is it, Kentucky? Yeah, they're up to number 12 at 15 and 4. Probably the favorite in the SEC right now, I would say. I'm sorry, the second favorite behind Auburn is going to be Kentucky. So, John Calipari, congratulations on that 800th win. Eric Musselman, very good coach, as you said, John. He, he, He built that program in Nevada to be a national power as a mid-major. They're still playing well, not to the heights that they got with the Musselman, but he got to Arkansas, who was a bit in disarray, had that team, gosh, I think with a three seed in the tournament last year and won a couple of games. And this year, where is Arkansas this year? I got to, they've struggled a bit more this year. Oh, where are they? They're four and three in the conference, 14 and five overall. They're not ranked, but still good coach. Bruce Pearl did a tremendous job at Tennessee, uh, ran into some issues um, as a lot of coaches do. And look at, you know, violations in the NCAA basketball ranks are not. (laughs) It seems like they happen in every other program, if not every program. I mean, you see guys you think are squeaky clean and all of a sudden they're getting investigated by the FBI. You saw guys like, well, Bill Self kind of came through it um, unscathed, uh, but some didn't. Miller in Arizona, for instance, comes to mind. You know, it's Bruce Pearl took Tennessee's some pretty big heights and then he lost the job because he kind of was skirting too many corners. Home of the round mound of rebound, talking about Auburn. Absolutely. Charles Barkley. Well, Charles goes back and runs for governor of Alabama. Things will change there. Oklahoma at Auburn Saturday. That ought to be an interesting game for sure. You know, I really love Porter Mosier. He's a great basketball coach. Some people thought Oklahoma wasn't going to be a good fit for him. Uh, He's struggling in conference right now. But, again, this team has been – you know, downtrodden for a little bit now. And, and I think Porter Mosher is a good hire for Oklahoma. And I think he's going to uh, get, uh, I think he's going to get things going there again. Your friend, Bob Huggins, you know what? What a great basketball coach. You talk about intense guys. I talked about Bill Musselman, Eric Musselman's dad a minute ago, being the most, one of the most intense. He's one of the, he's the most intense guy I think I've ever stood next to at a bar. I can tell you, but Bob Huggins is another guy, and he's mellowed out a little bit um, here in his uh, his later years. But this is a guy who who man, he puts it, he leaves it all out there on the floor like his players do. And I'm trying to find them right now where they are. Um, we'll find a Big Twelve. So what's West Virginia doing this year? It's a little bit of a down year, two and four in a conference, thirteen and five. But Huggins has done very well at West Virginia. Did very well at Cincinnati before. I'm sorry, Kansas State before that, and he's got Cincinnati to a Final Four um, during his tenure there. So he's a really, really good coach. 
and uh, certainly one of my favorites. Got a lot of favorite college coaches. Wouldn't want to meet him mad in a bar either, by the way. Uh, Big 12 is going to be a 13-team conference as well. Yeah, the, the, the league monikers don't really match up. There's certainly more than 10 teams in the Big 10, right, Alan? So it really doesn't matter. Um, and I believe, Alan, let's see. I know you're a Dallas fan. I'm, I'm trying to remember from the college shows. I believe you're an Oklahoma fan. So you, if you are, I think I'm right about that. If I'm if I'm wrong, please point it out to me, as people are not <laughs> shy about doing. Um, and if so, I want to know what your thoughts of Porter Morgier are. I like him. I think he's a great hire out there. Calipari wins everywhere he goes. You're right. You know what? It's he's got a stigma, John, and it's going to be hard for him ever to shake it that he just doesn't do things on the up and up. And I think he probably is now, or he's not doing anything worse than than <laughs> than the worst coaches out there, I guess, who aren't getting caught. But you know, again, how can you you can't fault his success? Again, he took a UMass team to the Final Four, and the, whatever the violations were, there had to do with Marcus Camby, who was a really good player. But th those guys that he took to the Final Four, these weren't guys that went on to have huge NBA careers. Marcus Camby was okay, never really became what people thought he'd be. But <laughs> you take St. John's to, a, to or I'm sorry, uh, Massachusetts to a Final Four. Well, well done. And then he took a down a, team, a Memphis squad that had been down for several years and propped them back up. Memphis, Tennessee became a big game again. And he was started winning games in, the, in I believe they were in Conference USA when he was there. Um, correct me if I'm wrong again, but I'm pretty sure that's where he was. And uh, great job. Oops, I had a comment up there. I took down. I did see uh, – thanks for bringing that up, John, because um, I did want to bring it up at some point and certainly want to uh, send our best wishes to the family of Joe B. Hall. Uh, Joe B. Hall was a tremendous coach at Kentucky, took over for the, <laughs> I'll say, immortal uh, Adolph Rupp. But, you know, we talk about <laughs> – Adolph Rupp that wasn't a good guy. I mean, Adolph Rupp, you know, I guess I'll say it straight, was a racist. And um, Kentucky certainly uh, was one of the last schools to integrate because of Adolph Rupp. And uh, obviously, if you haven't seen the movie, uh, Dan, what's the movie about the Texas Western Kentucky uh, uh, final where it was the first uh, NCAA uh, tournament game that certainly that that had five blacks on the floor at the same time. Um, I can't think of the name of that movie now. Hmm. I guess somebody here will know it. But anyway, uh, Joby Hall took over, longtime assistant uh, for for Rupp, and uh, took over and won a national championship at Kentucky. That's a place that can consume people, right? I mean, he took over and he didn't win for his first three, four years, and people were wanted to, to wanted to have his job and take him out, and, you know, behind the woodshed. Then he finally won in, I believe, '78. I'll give you the final four there too, John. See how I do? Kentucky, Notre Dame, Duke, 
and UConn. UConn before Jim Calhoun was there. I think uh, I might be wrong with that. Duke and UConn. Now I think I'm wrong. Help me out. Duke, Notre Dame, Kentucky. Not UConn. I'm wrong. Somebody's going to bail me out here. Anyway, Joe B. Hall gets a, gets his first national championship there. Kentucky's always been a tough place, man. Joe B. Hall leaves and Eddie Sutton, a great, great coach. And it, I don't know. There's something about that about Kentucky that the coaches go there and the pressure just kind of overwhelms them and they they end up with with uh, issues off the basketball court as well. Eddie Sutton, the team ended up on probation. A great coach at Arkansas and a great coach later on at, at Oklahoma State. Um, could not get it done there and was overwhelmed by the pressures. Um, and a bunch of other coaches. I mean, look, uh, they were a downtrodden program when Patino got there. Talking about Joe, uh, Rick Patino reviving Iona. Rick Patino is a guy who brought 20. I'm sorry, 20. Yeah, it'd be great if he brought 20. He's taken. He took Iona to the conference, the champ, or to the tournament last year. So he's taken five different schools to the NCAA tournament, and he's taken three different schools to the Final Four and one with two: BU, Providence, Kentucky, Louisville, and Iona have all made the, the uh, tournament, and he got both. Uh, I, I'm sorry, three teams into the Final Four: Providence uh, back in '87. Uh, the year that Keith Smart beat Syracuse in the final. And uh, obviously Kentucky won a national championship. And Louisville, he won a national championship with is now vacated. Yep, Joe B had great teams with uh, Goose Gibbons. Uh, Kyle Macy, I think, was uh, on that team, if I'm not mistaken, at guard. Uh, John, uh, who else was on that team? Uh, Rick Roby, I think, was on that team. Uh, so some great players, and Jack Gibbons uh, was a very good uh, man. He could shoot. He was lights out, as I remember, in that final against uh, uh, Duke. Wish I could come up with the fourth team that was in there. Jim Valvano was at Iona. Iona's had, you know what? I, I, Iona's had a good uh, history in college basketball. Not a lot of success on the national level, but certainly a lot of success in the region, in, certainly in the MAC since they've been part of that league. Jeff Rulin was a good coach there. Valvano got him into the to the tournament a few times, and if, I, he either beat Virginia one year, I think the year after Ralph Sampson left, or gave them the scare of their life. I'm not I, I'm not sure if I'm remembering it correctly, but he might have won that game. Othell Wilson was the star of that team. I believe it was a year after Ralph Sampson, Sampson left, but they've had some other good coaches. Um. John uh, mentioned uh, Jeff Rulin, who was a really good coach. They, they've had years where they dominated the MAC, and the MAC's, a, you know, look, it, it's not the ACC. It's not the Big East. It's a really good basketball uh, league, though. Um, and there's been years where Iona's been, been the strong team. Siena's been the strong team. Uh, back in the day, um, LaSalle had a few years where they dominated. Um, who else? Manhattan had a, had a really good run. 
uh, for a while. So it's, it's a really, it's usually a, a, a league that's got one real good team. There's a couple real good teams there this year. I think Monmouth is probably Iona's uh, number one competitor there. And it's a really good basketball uh, school as well. And I think if I'm not mistaken, as I mentioned earlier, I have got to reach out to my friend, Butch Lee, as I said, John, I believe his son, if you weren't on earlier, I think you were, I'm not sure. Uh, Butch Lee from those Marquette Warriors, uh, his son is at St. Peter's and one of their better, better players at guard. And uh, they'll be in Albany to play Iona on Sunday. And I may go because it's a one o'clock game and I can still go and probably get home and not miss the kickoff of the uh, three o'clock championship game. St. Bonaventure. You know what? Another good school this year. Um, a bit down. Uh, let's get to their uh, A10 they're in. They actually moved to three and one in the conference 11-4 overall. They've gotten, they haven't gotten back to the top 25. Last year, they were really, really playing well. And I really thought they were going to make a deep run in the tournament. They were one of my dark horses last year. They did win a game, got to the second weekend or the second round, I believe. Uh, but that's the A-10 is another league that's sneaky good. They could get two or three teams in. Davidson's playing really well. They're still in the top 25 at, at number 25, 16-2 and two overall and 6-0 and oh in the, in the uh, conference, really playing some good basketball. Um, so keep an eye there. The Bonnies, again, that's a, that's a good league. Davidson, St. Bonaventure, Dayton, VCU, all good teams. The St. Louis Billikens, another team that's, that's always sneaky good. So John's bringing up some good, good stuff here. Uh, well, that's what I want to talk about here. You know, we were talking about some coaches that have gotten off to, uh, that have had a good effect before I dive into the top 25. Um, some coaches have had gotten off to really good starts. I, I, I was on Shaka Smart, I said a little bit ago, um, at the beginning of the season. Just lost my note. Hang on. Shaka Smart, surprisingly, and maybe again ahead of the posse chasing him out of town, left Texas last year uh, abruptly to take the job at Marquette, which would seem like, you know, a downward uh, move or not lateral. I don't think lateral is even the best thing. Marquette's a good job, don't get me wrong, but I got to believe Texas is a better job than Marquette. As much as I like Marquette, Tom Keegan, one of our guests that we've had on a lot, a, a very good basketball writer, uh, a writer of sports overall. He was here in the East uh, for a long time, and he's a writer in the Midwest now. He's a graduate of Marquette. He knows all about this. We should get him on to talk about Chaka Smart and Marquette and the Big East, and we probably will at some point here in the next uh, few weeks as we head towards those tournaments. But Chaka Smart's doing a good job of getting Marquette turned around. Um, TJ Olsenberger uh, at Ohio, Iowa State has done a really good job. Mark Adams at Texas Tech we mentioned a, a little while ago when Beard left for Texas. Texas Tech was just in the final four, the final, actually the final just a couple of years ago. Let's not forget. Uh, Mike Woodson I mentioned before. This move was kind of derided by people. Mike Woodson, the the uh, great alum, played under the, the the great Bobby Knight at Indiana, had a really good NBA career. Then was a longtime NBA coach, both an assistant and a head coach, 
And it was a bit of a surprise when Indiana hired him, but they're playing some good basketball right now. Very competitive in a very tough uh, Big Ten. So there's some new coaches making some immediate impact on some schools that really needed it coming. I haven't got to football yet, uh, John. So if we got some topics we want to talk about, we can certainly jump back and forth. Uh, we're going to go a little bit. I started a little late at 7.30 tonight. John DeLon. John DeLon. I didn't forget how to say your name. Um, so we can jump in a little bit of football. There's a little bit of news to talk about there, and we can get into it. Um, and if you got a topic you want to jump into, we can certainly get into it, and we can go back to uh, – uh, college basketball. I didn't have a lot. Um, I didn't have a lot. I really wanted to jump into, um, you know, the stories that we're waiting, uh, and the, the transfer portal guys are still waiting on some movement there. Um, Brian Billick, interestingly enough, is joining, uh, Herm Edwards squad at, at Arizona state. Um, so I guess I'll bring this, uh, let me take this banner down for a minute. We'll put this one up. Uh, where am I? Can I find the banner I want? Isn't that terrible? I needed somebody to work my board. Jesus Christ. Man. Never going to find it. Well, let's just go up here and put this up for now. So if you got something you want to bring up, John DeLon, you can do that. Um, as I said, Brian. Uh, <laughs> you told me how to pronounce it. I had no clue. I think I probably called you John uh, Delawan <laughs> when you first came on the show. Welcome in tonight, though. College football. We'll talk some college football for a little bit. If Harbaugh leaves, who will Michigan bring in? That's a great question. I was sold on the fact that he was leaving. He's now negotiating with uh, Michigan to stay. If he leaves, I don't know where they're going to go for a coach. You know. Um, and I hadn't thought about this a lot. Some of the uh, – trying to think of some of the guys that are out there. I mean, you, you might see an NFL coach um, go that direction if uh, – let's see if I can find uh, something with some some people uh, – people's names that may be being brought up. Uh, we can talk a little bit about them. It's a good question, though, John. We've been talking so much about John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh just got an extension with the Baltimore Ravens. Let's hear, here's an article. Let's see. Four replacements if Harbaugh should go. Josh Gaddis. He's been uh, Michigan's offensive coordinator for three seasons, and before that he was the OC at uh, – he was co-OC at Alabama. He's one of the names that's been mentioned. Mike Hart, we know Mike Hart uh, is, is a Michigan alum, um, and he's been around the program longer than probably anybody that's that's uh, that's there now. And uh, he's another name that's been kicked around, and he's 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 well liked within the program from uh, for all intents and purposes. Matt Campbell from Iowa State, his name is out there. And let's look at this last one, <laughs> Bill O'Brien. I don't see this at all. Bill O'Brien had some success when he came in after the whole uh, paternal uh, scandal at, at Penn State. Um, and maybe Bill O'Brien should have stayed there. 
because Bill O'Brien's career has been pretty star-crossed since then. He's had a couple good years with the Texans, but there's something about Bill O'Brien's personality that just rubs me wrong and I think rubs a lot of people wrong. Matt Rule's a good thought, uh, John. Um, he's, you know, <laughs> he's got a vote of confidence in Carolina, but it's tenuous at best, right? Things have not gone well. I thought this was going to be a great hire in Carolina. Um because I thought Matt Rule was going to be one of those guys who could make the jump to the NFL, and it has not worked out in Carolina so far. Um, there was some talk about him uh, with some openings this year on the college, uh, this year's college hiring cycle, um, but none of that came to fruition. This would be an interesting spot for uh, Matt Rule. It would be interesting to see. John's got a uh, John Delon's got a. Uh, idea here if Harbaugh leaves Michigan he's going to have to take a chance on a young court it yeah well there Gaddis would be the guy then right uh potentially um and then probably fire them in two or three years well that's the thing in college football you know nobody gets a chance to build a program anymore I said this about um boy, I'm having trouble with everybody's name tonight Pro, uh, Brian Kelly going to LSU John you know, he, I know that's your school. And I just thought of that as I was saying. I did not bring it up because you brought it up. Um, if, if Brian Kelly doesn't win a national championship there in three years or at least play in the playoff, he's going to get fired. He could have stayed in Notre Dame as long as he wanted. So that's why I thought it was a silly move for him. But again, I'm not saying that's the way it should be because um, they don't give these guys a chance to build a program anymore. And maybe we look at the way the rules are with the transfer pro portal and everything. The, the ADs think, look, you should be able to win now. If you're a good coach, good recruiter, and you can recruit guys both from high school and a transfer portal, you should be able to turn this program around in two or three years. A lot of pressure on coaches. Uh, John says he can actually see O'Brien to Michigan. It, uh, it was rumored that Nick uh, doesn't want him back. You know, nobody wants uh, Bill O'Brien back. He, there's something about his personality that rubs people the wrong way. I don't know what it is. You know, it, even in his time in New England, I, I, I was he was probably the guy I, had, I was least enamored with of all the guys that worked with Brady uh, over the years. Uh, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? I don't see it happening, John. Um, maybe. Stranger things have happened, but for Michigan to hire, well, I guess Michigan hired an Ohio State guy, right, when they hired Bo Schembechler, but uh, they didn't hire him after he'd been the head coach of Ohio State. I think it'd be, I don't think it's going to happen, and I really don't think Urban Meyer is going to get a high-profile job again. Rick Sherlock says that maybe Leslie Frazier can move back to college. He certainly killed off any possibility of another head coaching job after the Bills meltdown. Um, he didn't do a good job as a Vikings coach. I didn't understand. What, and again, I don't want to talk too much about the NFL, but I don't, I don't know why he was being mentioned um, <laughs> as potential candidate for these head coaching jobs. He's a he's a decent coordinator. He certainly didn't show it on 
Saturday night. You know what? And I'm not going to get into a big talk about this, but you know what really lost that game? The defense, yes. But the defense was bad on both sides. The special teams, when they didn't squib the last kick. If they took three or four seconds off the clock, they probably don't get a chance to kick that field goal. But let's not dwell on that. We can talk about that Sunday on the Stream of Consciousness show. Michigan does need a big name. At least you would think they would. Um, But let's remember, Lloyd Carr wasn't a big name when he got there either. Lloyd Carr had been on the staff. Um, So it's not like they've always hired big names that became good big coaches. Bo Schembuckler wasn't a big name when they hired him either. But times are different now. I get that, uh, John. So it's possible. These schools think they need to make a splash. Well, you saw LSU do it this year. John doubts Kelly will get fired three years for starters. The roster is in such bad. Yeah, well, all I've read is what a great job he's done in the transfer portal, too. You can turn these rosters over in a year today. If you recruit well in the high school ranks and you can be successful in the transfer portal, you can turn a, a team around. In a year, gosh, less a lesser football coach like Ed Orgeron, God bless him, <laughs> turned LSU around in basically a year when Joe Burrow got there. No? Am I wrong? Top flight recruiter could be another option for Michigan and, again, hire uh, and fire them in two or three years. <laughs> so, wait a minute. So you're telling me only the coordinators are going to get fired, or recruiters or the coordinators are going to get fired in two or three years, not the Brian Kellys of the world. Don't be so sure. Paying this guy a lot of money, and it's not to come in there and say, I'm going to build a winner in six years. I think Harbaugh probably stays. I think if Harbaugh was going to go, Harbaugh would have gone already. I thought, you know, after Dallas lost, well, first of all, we thought it was going to be the Raiders. I think if it was going to be the Raiders, it would have happened already. I think they're going to keep Asachi is what I think in, in, in Oakland. I thought Chicago would be an option. But again, I think they would have made these hires already. If he was coming back, he would have. Then I thought when Dallas lost, if impetuous uh, Jimmy Jones – Jimmy Jones, Jimmy Johnson, <laughs> Jimmy Jones, Jimmy Johnson. Um, anyway, if if Jerry Johnson, Jerry Jones, my God, Keith, where's my prevagen? Oh my God, what a night! Guys, help me out. I think I might need some tequila in this Powerade. Um, I think if Jerry was going to make a move, he would have done it probably by now, and maybe have hired Harbaugh. Now, I think he's going to stick with McCarthy and go for Sean Payton in a year from now. That's what I think. Again, I don't want to get into the NFL, but that's what I think. Uh, Carlos, reevaluate what and how, not uh, make a mistake like this Harbaugh situation. Well, I don't know. This Harbaugh situation has been a mistake. You know, he had a horrible year last uh, two years ago, but this past year he won the, Michigan's first Big Ten title in 17 years and got to a playoff. 
I'm not sure that's a mistake based on what Michigan's done here in the past as far as hires go. Uh, John's got something here. No, no, you need to read my whole comment. The problem with OSU's roster is numbers. They are allowed to sign 25 players a year, plus seven for the players via lever. Okay, I get it. No, I get it. So he buys a year, John. That's it. He's not going to get a free pass there for five years. I don't think. I get your point. If Harbaugh leaves, it's for Vegas, but I think, as we said, and uh, John all follows that up, he likes, uh, I'm not sure how you spell his name, but I don't spell or pronounce names well. I got chastised for not being able to say this guy's name, so I believe I'm saying it right now when I say Basach. Uh, oh, God, now I can't say it again. Basaccia. <laughs> Whatever. I hope the, the I hope the nice lady who, who ripped me for not being able to say his name before is kind to me this time. Is it possible Harbaugh has an agreement in place with the NFL team and is using, well, why would the NFL team let him use them as leverage, though, John? I think he's going to leave Michigan if he doesn't get what he wants, but I think, and if he waits too long, the jobs will be gone. But I also think uh, maybe he's not as wanted as he thought he'd be. I thought he would be very well, much wanted. I do not think he's got an agreement in place with an NFL team because I don't think they'd let them him use them that way. They would say they've been talking to Harbaugh and probably say sign her or don't. I think the enemy will go there as well. I also think uh, I also think because I thought the Giants, I really thought the Giants would be a good spot for Harbaugh. I know Carlos told me that he was not a good fit for New York, but. Um, I thought he'd be a good fit for the organization and for Daniel Jones, but I'm pretty sure that Brian Dayball will get that job now um, as well. Taking money away from his payments. Oh, I got what you're saying. Yeah. Well, he decided, he, you know, he said he had no problem with that. He would coach for free, but I don't know if that's true because the guy's still making millions of dollars a year to coach you. University of Michigan. And I think if they cut his pay to zero, he wouldn't be there, right? Um, Rick, I just lost your comment. The Vikings' new GM has ties to Harbaugh. You know, it's funny. I haven't heard a lot about the coaching search at, uh, with the Vikings, but uh, look at Harbaugh's going to be in play until he's not, right? And uh, I, I'm starting to have the sneaky suspicion as quiet as Ben and the NFL front for Harbaugh, his negotiations are going fairly well with Michigan. It's the only thing I can take away from that. John's going to all but guarantee me that Kelly will have a minimum of five years at LSU unless he completely craps the bed. Uh, well, what's what's the minimum there then, John? What's the minimum Brian Kelly has to do to be there five years? What's his contract? Ten? So, I mean, if he wins – if he doesn't get to one playoff in five years, if he doesn't, if he goes 500 uh, in conference over those five years, does he keep his job? It's a good conference. Let's say not, not in 500. He's going to be over 500, right, for five years. He's going to be. That's a silly thing for me to say. If he doesn't make it a one SEC championship game in five years, does he keep his job? I'll, I'm going to say no. Now, again, 
you probably got your finger on the pulse of things down there in in uh, in the bayou that I do. And uh, but that's just what I'm thinking. Harbaugh is exactly what the Giants need, and uh, I don't disagree. But they're not smart enough to make those hires. They need somebody. They need a guy to write the ship. You know, and they're, they're two different people. So don't. I'm not making a comparison of the two people. But the Giants need to do kind of what they did when they brought Dan Reeves in. Reeves righted the ship there. He only got to the playoffs once. I get it. But he stabilized things for long enough, with not a really good team, by the way, um, for them to get Tom Coughlin in there later on. And they need that kind of stabilizing force right now. So, you know, they need somebody like a John Har- Jim Harbaugh. I keep saying John Harbaugh, too. Oh, boy. I apologize, guys. The enemies from just outside New Orleans and the Saints do want. Well, that's another good spot. I don't want to get into too much NFL talk because uh, that's not what we do here. But that's uh, it's it's within the uh, it's within the circumference of what we're talking about. here. <laughs> uh, that would be an interesting hire for uh, the Saints. Ten years fully guaranteed. Look at all these coaches got fully guaranteed contracts. There's buyouts, though. You negotiate buyouts, so you, you can't tell me he's going to get 10 years just because he's got a contract that says it's guaranteed. I'm not sure that that's what you're saying. Jags hired. Is that a is that done or is that your prediction, Jen? Uh, to be cre- completely crapping the bet is less than 32 regular season wins in his first four years, which would be an average of eight wins a year. All right, so you're telling me. Again, John, the question I want you to answer for me, because I, I got away from the wins and losses. Because he should win eight get wins eight games a year at LSU. If he doesn't get to one SEC championship game in five years, will he still keep his job? We can't get off the collar the pros here. Peterson would be a good hire for the Giants, too. I don't follow the NFL like I used to, but the problems with the Giants seem to start in front office. They start everywhere with the Giants, uh, John. We'll get into that on Sunday's show. Done deal with Leftwich. I, 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 again, I had him pegged for that job. He, he had a, you know, he was a high draft pick with them uh, when he got drafted out of Marshall. Um, was a good starting quarterback in the NFL for them before he got hurt. Um, then he came back and backed up in Pittsburgh. So good hire by Jacksonville, but let's move back uh, into uh, the college ranks. Anything else? Um, I didn't think there was anything else in men's college football. I really was that interested in getting into. If you guys do certainly go, we'll go there. Um, we had a little bit of time left. Um, I was going to take a look at the rest, go back to college basketball for a bit, take a quick look at the top 25, see how that's changed here uh, before we wrap it up. Um, hold on, we got some more. Uh, that's right, John's still got to answer me on this. I honestly don't know if Kelly will be fired if he doesn't make an SEC championship game in his first five years, but that would be the approximate tipping point of that decision. I would, uh, all right, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. You know, given the, the issues with the numbers, uh, the roster numbers and such, 
you know, he's going to get himself a free year anyway. Um, I just can't see the the LSU uh, powers that be letting that go more than four or five years without being in an SEC championship game. So it's going to be interesting. Let's jump back to basketball for a bit. You know, throw some back. If you've got some football questions, we'll certainly go back. But I want to run down to top 25 before we get done here tonight. Um, we got another 20 minutes or so. Um, so I'll throw your comments out there. Lo- I love the feedback, guys. I love it when you guys come in. John, John DeLon, you haven't been in a few weeks, so welcome back. And I, I love your feedback. We won't always agree, but we don't have to. Believe me, I've got very strong opinions. I expect the people that come on my show to have very strong opinions, and I'll disagree with them vehemently if I don't agree. And Carlos can tell you that. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're still all friends. So, again, top 25. I talked about Auburn Tigers being ranked number one in the AP poll for the first time ever. They are still number two in the coaches poll. But they passed Gonzaga this week. Uh, jumped up for number number two. Uh, they were actually had more first place votes than Gonzaga last week, but they did not have enough overall votes to get to number one. So great job uh, by them. Gonzaga again had did nothing to fall number two. Just you know they Auburn's been playing great, best player in the country. Uh, and Jabari Smith, as I said, he's he's likely, I think, going to be the number one pick in the NBA draft next year. So Gonzaga's number two, Arizona's number three at 16 to one, but they're gonna fall. They got they got bounced out pretty pretty handily by UCLA last night, I think by definitely by double digits. So we're gonna see what uh we'll see what happens there. Baylor uh hanging in there at number four. They move up one. Kansas moves back up to five after Kansas had a little dip that when they lost a couple games in a row, fell. Yeah, to nine or 10 in the country, and they're now moving back up at five. Listen, this is all just positioning for seeding when it comes to the NCAA tournament anyway. Uh, Purdue has dropped two places after a loss this week to uh, six. Houston, we talked about earlier, uh, soon to be in, in the Big 12. Not soon, who knows how, when, sometime between now and 2025. Uh, Kevin, Calvin Sampson, Kelvin Sampson has done a great job there. And he's six, 17 and two again this year after a trip to the final four last year. And, uh, he's up three spots to number seven. UCLA is up two after, and they're going to move up even more probably after that big win against Arizona. Duke drops three spots after a loss this week, uh, or last week, I should say to Duke, uh, to Duke. Yeah. To 15 and three. Michigan State moves up four. They're starting to write the ship a little. 16 and three or 15 and three now for, for ISO's team. Wisconsin, watch out for Wisconsin. They had a loss this uh, week before last. This is a sneaky team. Watch out for them. They play well in the uh in the uh at Big Ten tournament. They're gonna get number one uh, seed consideration. Uh, Kentucky at 15 and four uh, stays at 12. Texas Tech up five. They've already got a win against number one Baylor and a win against number one Kansas this year. They weren't number one when they beat them. They beat Kansas and Baylor this year. They've moved up three places to 13. And don't forget, that team was in probably different personnel, but they were in the final four in the final just uh, three years ago. 
Uh, and again, it could be four because this whole COVID thing has really got me in a fog when it comes to time. Villanova's starting to play better basketball. but And as the Big East is playing better basketball, they did fall three places or spots with a loss this week. But there's 14 and five. They're going to get a high seed if they win the Big East tournament. Uh, USC, and I see John uh, is not into basketball yet, and I apologize that I just wanted to get back to this uh, before we wrapped up. We can go back to some football before we wrap up. Uh, USC is is uh, up back up to uh, number 15. Good job out there, as we talked about by their coach, who will get some major, major consideration for some of these jobs like Louisville and, and other jobs that open. Could have swore somebody just tapping me on the shoulder. Good grief. Poltergeist, guys. Somebody was just tapping me on the shoulder. I swear to God. Wow. Ohio State up three to 12 and four. <clears throat> Providence back hot again and on top of the Big East. They're uh, move up four places to 17. Tennessee playing good under Rick Barnes in the SEC. We talked about how deep they are. Uh, they're up six spots this week. LSU up 19. UConn, who I was looking for before, up five spots. Rick Sherlock mentioned uh, Jackson, the, the really dynamic uh, uh, I believe he's a guard, right, uh, Rick? Um, for UConn. They're 13-4 and four, and after a slow start to the season, uh, Hurley's got this his team playing very well, and they'll be dangerous come uh, tournament time in the Big East. Xavier, steady all the time. Uh, their ex-coach, we just talked about, Chris Mack, was fired by Louisville here just today. Uh, Marquette with Shaka Smart has moved up four spots into the top 25. They're at number 22, playing really good basketball. The Big East, as deep and as good as been in quite some time, I think, this year. Iowa State, we talked about recently. They had a couple losses this week, and they dropped, uh, or last week, they dropped eight spots to uh, number 23. Illinois dropped seven, still leading the uh, the Big Ten. Or, or again, they're going to be a big player in the Big Ten when the tournament time comes around. And we talked about Davidson in the A10. They round out the top 25, moving into it this this week for the first time. They're 16 and two, and going to be an interesting team come tournament time. And they've got BYU, Alabama, Texas, uh, Colorado State. Um, and some others that have uh, stayed close. Loyola, Chicago, and Texas fell out of the top 25 this this uh, this time around. So let's see. We'll go back to some comments. And again, if I lost you, John DeLon, I apologize. Can't go. Uh, we talked about that. Um, we're still on Kelly here. I don't see him fa uh, failing badly enough, though. Have you seen the staff Kelly put together? It's a recruiting monster. Sorry, man, no interest in basketball just yet. I'm catching dirty looks because I'm not helping clean the kitchen. <laughs> well, I don't know which is a more deciding factor, but again, we'll 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 get we'll get, we'll keep the football in there. John's got his final four of Duke. Michigan State, UCLA, and Auburn. I'll tell you what. I'm going to give you uh, – I'm going to go – let me go to the college. Uh, I don't want to look at the polls because I want to – I got a sleeper in here, and I want to figure out who the heck it was. I like – here's who I like. I like Auburn. 
Okay. I like. Uh, I don't like Duke. I like uh, Baylor to get back. Auburn, Baylor. I like Baylor's chances to rebound and get back in this year. Um, and I'm going to give you one other, you know, not so, not a, well, it's kind of a chalk team. And then I'm going to give you a sleeper. And watch out. There's a, I'm going to give you a couple teams to watch out for because I strongly believe there'll be one team we don't see coming in in this Final Four this year, a la George Mason, VCU, Butler, schools like that. Um, Yeah, boy, I could go with UCLA. I really could. All right. Gonzaga. I'm going to go Gonzaga. So Auburn, Baylor, Gonzaga. And I'm going to give you a couple teams to don't sleep on. Don't sleep on Loyola Chicago. Don't sleep on Davidson. And to a lesser extent, don't sleep on Houston. But I think you're going to see a couple teams make a run at the, at this Elite Eight and Final Four this year that you're not going to expect. I think this tournament will be as wide open as any has been in a long time. I mean, even though we got a couple interlopers into the Final Four last year, if UCLA can be considered an interloper, remember that team would play, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, last year, they played in the play-in game last year. Right? Um, so, and, and Houston, by the way. But other than that, we were looking at, all year long, waiting for Baylor and Gonzaga to get to the final. This year is not like that. As good as Auburn is playing, as good as Gonzaga's played, nobody's saying, okay, we're waiting to see these two teams match up in the final. Things are wide open this year. Wide open. Uh I was going to get into the bubble watch. I mean, look at there's some teams that are in in trouble as far as uh, let me let, let's go through the conferences just real quick. Um, and I'll, we'll talk about some teams that are in trouble as far as making it that we normally wouldn't think of being in trouble. So we're not going to talk a lot about the smaller conferences, obviously, unless there's a really good team that usually dominates them. We might talk about it. Um, Cincinnati. Good basketball team in the AHC. Could be any outside looking in. They could be a one-bid league. I think they'll get two. SMU's pretty good, but SMU and Houston are definitely, or Cincinnati are definitely on the bubble. A-10. I think St. Bonaventure and VCU. This league could be in danger of being a one-bid league. But Bonaventure and VCU right on the bubble. ACC, look it. Everybody but Duke is probably on the bubble. They'll get three or four bids probably. They could sneak even a fifth. I don't know. But some really good teams are going to be on the bubble. Florida State and Miami are leading this league at six and two. But they got one ranked team, Duke at nine. Everybody except Duke in this league is on the bubble. 
And I don't even know outside of Florida State and Miami, maybe Notre Dame, maybe Wake Forest, who's sneaky good this year at 7-3 and three in the league, 17-4 overall, and North Carolina. So other than Duke, you got four other teams that I would say got a chance to make the tournament. They're not all going to make it. So what's traditionally are seven or eight teams in a tournament, it's probably going to be three or four, maybe only three. The Big 12. Uh, West Virginia, they got to get it going. I'm talking about teams that we historically have, have been in the tournament with good coaches. Oklahoma State on the bubble. This is a league that's used to getting pretty uh, good amount of teams in as well. And, you know, Kansas is a given. Baylor's a given. Texas, on the bubble. Texas Tech is likely in. Everybody else probably on the bubble. Doesn't mean they won't get five or six teams, but everybody else is on the bubble. Big East is the one. I tell you, watch out because St. John's now is playing better basketball. They're only 11 and 7 overall, 3 and 4 in the league, but they beat Seton Hall. Could be the momentum uh, 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 changer that, that St. John's and Mikey Anderson needed. But I think this league is going to get themselves maybe six seeds this year, six teams in the tournament Providence, Villanova, UConn. Creighton's probably on the bubble. I would say Marquette's in. I would say Xavier's in. Barring collapses by those teams. Then you're going to have teams like Seton Hall and St. John's trying to get some, some, uh, some momentum. Memphis has been a huge disappointment, Rick. Rick brings up Memphis. I hadn't gotten to their league yet, but huge disappointment this year. Probably getting to them right now. Let me, where do they play? Um, oh, boy, where are they? I'll skip down to them right now. If I can get there, what the heck league are they play in now? Oh, God, I can't even. Sunbelt. No, that's not the Sunbelt, dumbass. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'll get to them when I get to them, Rick, because I can't find where the hell they are. Oh, boy, there's a lot of leagues. Of, not like college football, right, where there's a ton of them. Or not a ton of them, sorry. Aren't they playing in Conference USA? No, they're not. Where the hell are they? All right. Anyway, back to where I was. Big Ten. Indiana on the bubble. Ohio, Iowa, who I love with Fran McCafferty, on the bubble. Rutgers on the bubble. Michigan, big story last year under Juwan Howard, on the bubble. But these teams are probably could all get in. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They could have 10 bids or as few as seven, probably. Big West, nothing to look at there. Kind of, you know, these are going to be one bid leagues, most likely. Uh, still haven't gotten to where they are. The Horizon League, interesting. You know, I told, I. <laughs> Cleveland State leading that league at 9-1, and 13-4 overall. Always been dangerous come tournament time. Got to watch out for that team. Uh, the Ivy, Princeton. Watch out for Princeton in a tournament. This, they're, they're good again. All oh, right, they're in the A. 
the AAC. Very good, Rick. I did skip them in the beginning. Good point. Let's go back up to the AAC. My bad. I didn't even get to them because they're four and four. They're so far down the conference. Are they on a bubble? <laughs> I can't even say they're on the bubble yet. I think they're out. Unless they get on a run, and Penny Hardaway has shown no signs of being able to be a big-time college basketball coach and turn a major program around. Plus, you know, you, you can't go to press conferences and tell, you know, uh, I'm not going to sit here and answer these stupid questions. You just can't. You know, unless you're Bob Knight, you can't do that. And he could only do it for so long. All right, where were we? The Metro, Iona, 9-0. They're going to win this league as much as I want to see RC and the Saints get there. St. Peter's, as I mentioned before, with Butch Lee's son uh, being one of the, the 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 stars leading the way, is in second place. Get out and see them play the Siena Saints this weekend if you're in the Albany area. Uh, but I like Iona. It's probably going to be a one-bid league unless Iona gets in. Iona could be an at-large team from the MAC, which is a very odd occurrence, but it could happen if they were to lose in the conference tournament, which I still haven't found out. I do believe it's played in Albany. I think we determined that um, last week. Uh, who else might be? Loyal Chicago leading the Missouri Valley. Um, I would say uh, when it comes to disappointments that um, – Well, I can't really say they're a disappointment. I mean, they're six and one, fifteen and three. New coach. This is a this is a team that watch out when they come to tournament time. Drake, who had a good team last year, is a bit down this year at fourteen and eight. This is going to be a one bid league, so you better win it. I don't know that Loyal Chicago will get in at large if they don't win the conference. Mountain West, San Diego State is uh, usually is the team uh, to be uh, dealt with here. They've been in the top 25 a lot of the year, but they have now fallen out. They're 3-1 and one in the conference. This is a league that's in danger of being a one-bid conference. Boise State's leading the way. They're known for fo their football, not their basketball, but they're leading the way this year. Everybody else, maybe they can sneak another team in there. We talked about Nevada. But they're middling this year. Fresno State, up and down. One big league in the Northeast. Pac-12. Mark was talking about the Pac-12 earlier. I think they've only got four bids. And Oregon is on the bubble. So they could only have three bids out of the Pac-12 this year. Now, the three teams that are going to go in are very, very good basketball teams. But it's not a deep conference this year. Southwest Conference, they're going to get quite a few teams in, most likely. Auburn's definitely getting in. Kentucky, Texas a and likely in. Uh, Mississippi State might be on the bubble. Arkansas, again, if they don't fall apart, they're likely to get in that large. Tennessee will get in that large. Alabama with Oaks uh, getting rumored for some jobs. They're probably on the bubble, and they're starting to play a little bit better basketball. They did lose their last time out, but they're playing a little bit better. LSU's lost three in a row now, um, and they're in danger. They've now probably gone from a sure thing to on the bubble in the last week, and that's probably it for the SEC. And we'll do this, you know, on a, on a weekly basis anyway. 
semi-weekly basis. And that's all the, you know, you got, and then you got your one bid league. So watch out for some of these one bid league guys and, you know, somebody stealing um, a bid by upsetting a favorite in one of these one bid conferences, but they got to be a really good team. You know, like, as I said, Iona, Loyola, Chicago, and some others. Um, so it's going to be an interesting, interesting um, uh, February as we lead into March. Get ready for the conference tournaments in March, and we'll see how we go from there. Listen, we'll be live next week, guys, with another edition of the College Sports Huddle. We'll talk football. We talked we talk more football tonight than I thought we would, so we didn't get to some of the topics I wanted to, but that's okay. Um, I want this to be a free-flowing discussion. You guys have been tremendous again tonight. Alan, Rick, John, John DeLon, and John Gonzalez. Thanks to John Gonzalez from the Sports Authorities. Guys, if you haven't joined John's group, join it. One of the best ones out there on Facebook. Get on there. We'll be back next week. We'll talk more college basketball. Then I'm on vacation for a week. We'll see what we're going to do. I may tape a show. Um to play that night maybe we'll try to get it if i don't i might play an old uh, interview with uh, maybe the butch lee interview uh we'll replay that night i don't know we'll see what we're gonna do but we'll be back after that and be getting ready for tournament time soon keith angle for tgi sports talk right here in northeast streaming sports network thank you to all of the roku viewers who have watched this today and stay tuned for more great programming on Northeast Streaming Sports. Today, or when we share today here at uh, noontime on Thursday, you're going to be followed, will be followed, excuse me, by the Big Shaw Sports Show and Let's Talk Sports. And the NFC East Show will be on as well later today. See you guys later next week. Keith Angle for College Football, TGI Sports Talks, College Sports Huddle. We'll see you later. Have a great night. Yeah. Have a great night.